Hello and welcome to another edition of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra with myself, Tom Harrison. And today we're going to be talking Liga MX ahead of the brand new 2018-19 season. Now, with it coming so close to the back end of the World Cup, I'm not going to lie to you guys, um, my mind has been elsewhere and I haven't been as excited as I normally am for a new Liga MX season. And so... To help me get a bit more energy, a bit more excitement about the season, I decided to enlist the help of a special guest for today's uh, podcast. And now my special guest today is uh, Karina Torres. She has been all over the Footmex Nation Twitter handle, if you've seen during the World Cup. If you follow them, you'd have seen her doing pre- and post-game videos. Uh, So I'm delighted to be able to welcome her to the show. Karina, great to have you. Hey, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, let's talk Leo Mackies. Why not? Why not? Yeah, of course, loads to talk about. And um, we're going to get straight into it. And just to, just to welcome you in um, and introduce you to people who don't know, you are a fan of Leon. And so let's talk about Leon first. Not the obvious choice to talk about, but let's do it. This, <laughs> this summer saw a massive departure in Leon, uh, Elias Hernandez, who has been such a key player for, for so long for, for Leon. How do you think you're going to cope with him, with, with life after him? Life after Elias. I mean, Le- Le- Elias has just been such a, a very key player to Leon. You can always, you know, count on him. You can always, you know, depend on Elias is going to go out there and put in work on the wing, just give you, you know, just great quality. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm very, very sad. Um, but, you know, he's going on to better, I hope so. But, I mean, Leon this season, I mean, this, you know, Summer has gotten a lot of really good um, players. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, apparently his legit um player that was going to come for him is going they're going to sign him but i don't see anything um like certain about it but i mean we do have other players that can definitely live up to the role um so i'm not too too worried about you know elias not being there of course he'll be greatly missed he's like a fiera de corazon he's always gonna have a piece of his heart to lay on but i think we'll be fine tom what do you think my concern is for Baselli, I mean, the the two have been such a phenomenal partnership for so many years. I mean, how many goals have been scored? How many Leon goals have been scored with an Elias cross to a Baselli header? How many times have you seen that over the years, right? Way too many. It's like you can just, you know, see it coming. It's like, oh, Elias going to cross it. Well, uh, Baselli's going to just come in and, you know, boom, it's there. So It, it was one of um, those things that you knew was going to happen, but the two were just too good. My 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 concern is, you know, everyone just assumes every season that Baselli is going to score double figures, right? Without yeah. Elias, plus the fact that he's he's getting on a bit, you know, is he still going to be that reliable goal scorer? Um, what I do like about Leon from the summer is you've brought in Rodolfo Cotta, who I think is significantly better than Yavro. Oh. Yes, definitely. Even like the preseason games, like I think, you know, Cota would start first half, zero goals conceded, and then William would go in second half and it's like three goals, two goals. I mean, you can just tell the difference. I mean, Cota's what, 30, but, you know, he's been doing great with, you know, Chivas. So the whole situation kind of worked out to benefit Leon. Um, Chivas um, couldn't pay. (laughs) They were living through a crisis. They couldn't pay. So, you know, he can went back to Pachucan alone, but you know the brotherhood of Liga Mekis and you know Leon was able to get him. I think you know it's a great addition. I think we really do need that reinforcement in the goal, definitely. Yeah, I think alongside him, you've got Colombian international uh, William Tessio joining uh, Pedro Aquino, the, the Peruvian holding midfielder who played at the World mm-hmm. Cup and, and did really well at Lobos last season. You know the the problem for Leon last season was defense and it has been for a while the defense has been very poor and i think um maybe fewer goals this season but fewer goals conceded right i don't think so you're confident Um, of of the attack um well look what i'm going forward is 
we got i think was it because uh, you like walter uh, gonzalez right the the paraguayan yes yes oh yeah i'm even from the preseason games what i've seen of him i'm like super stoked like he him and boselli are gonna be a total duo up in the top so if it's not boselli it's what did i mean i definitely think they'll very you know get a lot of goals so that's why i'm not even worried about that but and you know i think every season everybody underestimates boselli even though he's you know been the best so um but yeah i'm Walter, I'm totally excited. I mean, he's what, 23? He's 23, so. He is 23, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Boseli still has like a year contract, and he says he's still up for three or four more years. So uh, he definitely, I can see him, you know, even staying at Leon, you know, in the upper role um, working later. So, I mean, we'll have Boseli for a while. But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited uh, for Walter to come in. I'm really stoked. I'm like, Oh my god! When I saw you know the goals, I'm like, oh my god, bro! Like this guy is gonna come in and kill. So, it's just what I think. <laughs> All right, Carrie's big tip: keep an eye on on Walter Gonzalez, who is another guy who seems to be owned by. Well, does it even matter? He's apparently on loan from Pachuca at Leon, but you know. Yeah. It's the but, same you know thing. What? We also have Leonis <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah, he did well at Toluca. Um, I was yeah. surprised they didn't keep him permanently. I'm surprised too. I mean, I was sad when he left. I was like, no, that was one of our good players that was would be really consistent. And but you know what? I think he really got a lot of um, more. He got more playing time. He got more experience. Obviously, Toluca had a really, you know, decent season. So bringing him back Very is good kind season. of like, yeah. yeah, bringing him back is just you know refreshed. I guess you can say. All right, let's move on uh, to the next team. And it would be rude to not give a good mention to our current holders of, of Liga Mekis, Santos Laguna. But um, as so often happens with that sort of mid-table team that have a fantastic season, make the run, get to the final and go on and win the tournament, they've lost big players. Um, oh. Araujo, Janini, Izquierdos, arguably their three best players. Uh, yeah. I'd chuck in Jalito Vasquez in there as well and Osvaldito yeah. Martinez, but three of their, their big names have gone. Do you think they can compete again for another title? Or do you think it's it's going to be a tough year? I think it's going to be a tough year. Even this past season, I think nobody really put Santos up there. Everybody was, you know, the big four. Um, so they definitely came in as the dark horses. Even just going into La Liguilla, I was like, you know what, Santos can definitely, um, you know, keep competition, and that's what they did. And everybody was kind of taken away, but you know, they lost three, you know, key players that basically were the base of them, you know, succeeding. So Izquierdo, when you went to Boca, I was kind of upset because I was like, why would you go to Boca? Just stay, you know. Um, Araujo, I think we all applaud that he left. I think he was greatly missed in World Cup. Um, but also a bad loss for Santos and Dijanini. It doesn't make sense, Tom. Why would he go? I mean, money-wise, yeah, money. but I just think it's a loss for Liga Mekis. It's a loss for Liga Mekis, but he's gaining a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's—I don't know—he's had a great run over here. It's kind of like, what's the point? But you know what? Everybody, I guess, has their own. Yeah, I think when these moves happen, I think you've always got to think about the person and the family situation. Janini is from a country that's poorer than Mexico. I don't know what his family situation's like, but with the extra money from playing in Saudi Arabia, maybe he can make a big difference to his to his family's lives. So I I'm not going to begrudge I don't begrudge anyone really. It's difficult to begrudge people going for the money, especially when you hear the human story behind it. Like, well, yeah. you know, because to us, we think, well, they're already getting paid a good wage, but actually there can be a difference and doubling your wages might mean that instead of just buying your mom a house, you can buy your cousins a house and, and stuff like that. Yeah. You go. I mean, and like, it benefits Janini, definitely benefits Santos, you know, they probably get a good profit out of it and invest in other players. Um, I mean, they, este, you remember Lalo, Lalo Eduardo Herrera from yeah. Rangers? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> the yeah. latest pickup. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely 
I'm, I'm extremely concerned that I'm going to see him yeah. and Julio Furch on the same pitch. And mm-hmm. if I do, I will have to turn off because that is not going to be pretty. It's not. I, you know, honestly, Eduardo Herrera, I mean, before he left, I didn't think he was ready for Europe. And I don't think he was out of prime to leave and especially, you know, Scottish. But, you know, we kind of see why he left and whatnot. But, you know, coming back, I don't know. I don't think they're going to benefit a lot from him. I really don't. I mean, obviously, you know, Fato de Gol, he, you know, can get to the net and net goals. But eh, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I feel about it, you know. I don't think he's going to play much, would be my prediction. Um, mm-hmm. I hope he's not going to play much. I, I think <laughs> I think he was offered to them. I, th- I think he was offered to them and it, they're like, well, you know what, if, if they, they like to play with a target man, if Furch gets injured, then he can come in. But well, I, I, I expect him to start with, with Furch and Jonathan Rodriguez, who oh, is, yeah. is a good Furch, player. I mean, yeah, he has to be on the field. And, you know, going back to that, it's kind of like when, you know, Caixinha and Gulipeña were over there. It was kind of, they were a package deal of like, if Caixinha came back, he would bring Guli back. But <laughs> I didn't even see the reason why Guli went because it was just a disaster, you know? So I was in and I was curious. I'm like, oh, so Lalo's staying over there? Okay. But, you know, we never really hear anything. So, yeah. Don't hear anything. It's probably not good news. I think Lalo did a little bit better than Pena, but not much. Yeah. Not much. Yeah, no. And uh, clearly, Steven Gerrard doesn't like either of them because he's quickly got rid of both of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, we're saying Santos unlikely to 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 do the double. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see them making La Liguilla if that's probably like, I don't know, maybe in 7th or 8th, but I don't see them getting the back-to-back. I really don't. I don't All know right. about you. No, I'd be surprised. It's, it's losing Isquiedos and Nestor, I mean, that's that's just been the, the rock that's of your their team. Yeah, and that's been the best thing about them for so long. Um, yeah, I I really like Osvaldito Martinez and I like Brian Lozano oh, like- as well. They they got some players, but yeah, I'd be surprised if they if they went far again. Um, so let's get to some favourites. Who are your you know? Give me a few names. Who do you think favourites to win the league this year? Well, you know me. I'm gonna say Leon, obviously for obvious reasons. Yeah, we've spoken um, about but them now already. We're talking like- seriously. <laughs> Talking seriously, I mean, last season was just a disaster. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, Leon, the first two, three games, I was looking, you know, it was looking all, like, really good. Like, oh, my God, yes. And then the whole, I think the whole Donovan thing really kind of tipped everything down. <laughs> it really did. Every, You know, there was rumors going around that. It did, actually, was, didn't it? Do what? It did, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It was like they were, they had like three good consistent games, and then after that, it just went downhill, and it was just frustrating. And you know, you had the rumors that you know apparently since Zonama was getting paid a lot more, all the players were kind of like, "Well, we're not going to play good," and uh, that thing was kind of in the air for me. But um, you know, the season the season before that, I mean, Leon qualified, and we we got knocked out, but because we didn't lose to Tigres, Tigres obviously advanced for you know numeros and stuff, but. You know, I think with Leon, all these players, I, I'm really excited. So Leon, definitely one of my favorites, as well as, I mean, Tigres, Tom, Tigres is always going to be favorites for the next couple of years, don't you so, think? Well, they've won the last three Aperturas in a row. Yeah. So, but, like, that's that's incredible consistency for Liga Mekis, right? Kaching, too, I mean... <laughs> it is no I mean don't get me wrong it is I just think they really look bad especially in uh, Coca Cup Champions League I just think that you know they fall away they as the season goes on right yeah and you know that game it was just frustrating just because they decided to kick it in and you know try and win to the last minute while they should have done that you know in the beginning of that last game where they got knocked out so I don't know. I mean, Tigres is always going to be favorites. They have really good, you know, players. I mean, they have um, Guido Pizarro back. Did you hear that? Yeah, I, d- I did notice that. <laughs> so massive. I mean, I'm I'm surprised he came back so quickly, but I think 
he I, I remember seeing the pictures when he was leaving Tigres and I think the um, just like the love he had for the club and and for playing on the Tuca and everything and the players that are in the squad I think he loved being there I think I think he missed it uh, I don't think he did that badly in Sevilla I remember him scoring a, mm-hmm. a key goal in the Champions League actually but and yeah. he, you know he didn't start all the time but he was in and out of the team uh, but I think uh, yeah I think he missed it and I think just Tigre is coming so. back that he was like yeah I want to go back I'm going to go back and win titles <laughs> and, and be loved right Oh, yeah. I mean, La Ficción de Tigres, you know, they're just very, they're crazy. I love them. I love the Ficción de Tigres. They're, they're crazy. They have all, you know, the, pre, the pre-gaming outside with all the bandas and stuff like that. I mean, their love for Tigres is like unconditional, unconditional. So. Absolutely. Just like Gignac. Gignac fell in love with Tigres. not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the guy's Mexican now, right? His kid's Mexican. That's Eden. Eden Gignac. That's the future of Mexico right there in the next 20 years. <laughs> Come on, Tigres never play their young players. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because his kid, his kid is Mexican. He, 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 was born, he was born in Mexico. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's like, oh, my God, he definitely is going to choose Mexico to, you know, play. So just like um, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr., he's American. So... You can either choose to play with U.S. or, you know, Portugal. I think but, I think that would be a pretty easy choice for me. Uh, yeah, it would be pretty easy, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> Portuguese um, anthem is too good. Like True. You can't, why would you want to stand in front of the American one when you can stand in front of the Portuguese one? Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you're right. I could probably see that. <laughs> exactly. Um, who else? Who else Monterrey. for what? Oh, favourites, right. Monterrey, you think? Of course. Um, okay. Monterrey, right? You've mm-hmm. got Avila You've got Dorlan Pabon. You've got Rachelio Fulnes Mori. You've got uh, Ponchito Gonzalez. You've got Jonathan Aretaviskaya. Why do you sign Rodolfo Pizarro? <laughs> It's like the heartbreak of, you know, the summer prior to World Cup. Um, you know, I, did, I don't know. I think we're all just frustrated about that because everything that Pizarro has done with Chivas, he's a prime. He's at his prime right now. He is ready to leave. So why why continue in Liga Mekis if he's done everything in Liga Mekis, you know? Um, you know, and that's where the money comes in. It's, you know, Tigres Monterrey, they have money. They can buy all these players. Obviously, they would buy... Um, you know, and then Chivas, I mean, Chivas is in a financial, like, they just need the money, so. Yeah, yeah, but, obviously Chivas, you know, you're going to sell to the highest bidder. Exactly, because it was, I think it was between Monterrey and another club, and, you know, we're kind of like, oh, well, he's not going anywhere, but was did it, you hear? Was it PSV? That, um... I think it was PSV. Yeah. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. But I think, isn't there a clause in his contract that if, like, a European club, you know, offers him and they, you know, meet the, I guess, the amount that they can let him go? Uh, I've heard that rumored. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. trust clauses in Mexican player contracts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, no, I have heard that rumored, but, but it's going to be a huge amount of money. And for teams in Europe, signing from Mexico is a risk. Even though... Yeah. The guys who've gone over there lately, like like Chucky and uh, Fabian and Salcedo, have done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's still got to be seen as a risk because they haven't played in Europe. You don't know how they're going to adapt to different style, different culture, uh, everything. You know, um, and so the huge money is, is a is a stumbling block for them. Um, I don't. I, I know, I know Monterey have obviously weakened a rival and, and they've added another quality player who will clearly do very well for them. Um, but it just, it, it's still, I, I can't quite understand why they would want to spend so much money on a player who plays in the position in the same style as, as some of their best players already. You know, there's no gap in the team for him to fill. Um, so it seemed a weird one. However, 
there is then the obvious explanation. The guy is Mexican. Monterrey have a lot of international players. We have mm -hmm. the 9-9 rule, which means that we... That Liga Mekis forces every club to play at least to put at least nine Mexican players in their eighteen uh, match day squad, and that means that clubs like Monterrey and Tigres, who have the money, are going to be willing to spend loads of money on their on the best Mexican players around. So you know, for me, if the nine nine rule doesn't exist right now, Pizarro is in Europe. Monterrey aren't spending that that amount of money on him. There's no way they would. They would have got someone in from abroad for less. True. So, but it's the trade-off, right? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think Monterrey is going to end up like they always have. Um, they just always upset Tom. It's just, it's frustrating. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Monterrey is going to come in, and I think what really made me mad. <laughs> going into La Liguilla, everybody just automatically was like, oh, Regio Montana final, you know, Tigres and Monterrey and I'm like, uh, you can't just assume that, you know, and look what we look what happened, Monterrey didn't they just couldn't, they always choke they always seem to choke and upset but, you know, they also have Gallardo and they have a change of coach let's just not forget about that yeah, I'll be interested to see how he does um, Alonso because I thought by the end his his what he was doing at Pachuca was pretty poor. Um, defensively, they were awful last season. So clearly, he's not a bad coach. He's won Liga Mekis before. Perhaps he kind of lost his way. I think at Pachuca. So we'll we'll see if it's reignited uh, for Rayados. And the other key addition is Barrovera. In, in goal, who has been outstanding for Nakata. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they, they're even stronger than ever, but like you say, they probably should have won the league at some point in the last couple of years, and they haven't yet. So we'll see. Do you think they will? What, where do you think they'll, their journey ends? Quarterfinals, semifinals, the final? Uh, I. I I've, I literally say every year they're going to win it, um, so <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to win it. <laughs> I feel like under under the, your, your shirt you have a Monterrey. You sleep with the Monterrey jersey. Just I have a that. Monterrey jersey. It's true. I actually have a Monterrey jersey. <laughs> well, you probably sleep with it just thinking, oh my god, this this season, this season, and this season never comes, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually care. It's just a prediction. <laughs> I know. Um, what about America? Oh, America. Oh, America. Um, Piojo, not the perfect return last season. You know, everyone was talking about his big favourites. And they fell in Ligia both times. Like always. <laughs> I just, I know, I, I respect my America uh, friends. I respect their views. They're very, they feel very passionate about America. Um, Piojo, to me, is just, I just can't with Biojo. Um I just don't like, I, I don't know. I think what really bothers me is just the whole situation with Linus. I think it, you know, he was saying that it's not his time and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I just think the whole Linus situation, I mean, he, he has more opportunity to play now that Menes is out. He had a, he tore his ACL. So, you know, yeah, a, and Cecilia. Oh, Cecilio had, what, a fractured jaw, I think? He'll be out for, like, two weeks, I think, or three, or something like that. He's out for the start of the season. But they're stacked. They've still got uh, Ibargen, and they've got uh, three strikers in uh, Peralta and Martin and the new Colombian Roger Martinez, who, you know, um, it's a big thing to expect from him. 17 goals in 30 games in China. So... Uh, Renato Ibarra, who who has to start on the right, he's the, he's their best attacking player. They've got so many good attacking players. They do, they do. I just, I don't know. I think when it gets to you, think Lionel should start. I think he should start. I think why why wait? You know, I mean, you even saw whenever it was the the Concacaf uh, Champions League versus Toronto, that that first game, it was a first play game. Um, it was just so frustrating because. Not frustrating. Well, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you saw Linus, 
you know, just take over, you know, and just do all these things. And you question Piojo, really Piojo, like, why didn't you, like, think of, you know, putting him from the start of at least playing him in a tournament, you know? And he was, like, actually the only player out there who was actually, you know, doing his role, defending, attacking. He just eases his way to the field. So, I don't know, it's just stunning to watch. But I think he should be getting way more playing time. But you know how Piojo is. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the own there is literally one thing that's, that is going against Liners at the moment. And it, it's the one thing that is going for not the one thing it's the the main thing that's going for him in terms of his career is the fact that he's so young but the thing that's going against him now is that he's so young and I I literally think Piojo is just looking at his age as the number and saying oh I'm not sure I think you're too young oh I'm not sure I can trust you because of your age because if he looks at you say what he does on the pitch but also if he looks at the the stats behind Linus's game Linus was it's difficult to exactly quantify best, but in terms of frequency and efficiency, Lainez uh-huh. is the be- was the best dribbler in Liga Mekis last season. Now, yeah. he didn't play that many minutes, and a lot of them was a sub, so you can get a sort of positive impact from that, but mm-hmm. it's frightening. Like, he's, he's, outdo- he's outdoing everyone. Last season, he outdid he everyone else in the league. So, he- if you take away the age, there's... At the moment, plus adding what he was doing at the Toulon tournament, there's no reason not to trust him. He's only ever put in great performances. Mm-hmm. So it frustrates me because it, it, it looks to me as if he's just saying, I can't trust you because of your age. Whereas yeah. if you just judge him on what he's actually done and not his age, <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong there. Yeah, no, yeah. It, but then you look at Chivas, you know, and you saw how, you know, apostaron con the youth. They went with all the youth players. And, you know, I think that's, you know, we've seen great players. You know, Godinez, I mean, from Chivas. I really like Godinez. He's, he, he, he's a very different striker. You know, he's tall. He just, he's just is where he needs to be, you know. So I think giving the youngsters minutes. And like you said, I mean, going back to Linus, like, he has the experience. I feel like, like you said, they're just looking. He's just looking at his age and just saying, you know what? I can't trust you. I'll trust a 27-year-old that played in South America before you. You know? Yeah. When whereas if you if you analyze the game, they're not doing as much as Linus. They're not doing as well as Linus. They're actually like exactly. no one is. No one is. It's no crazy. One. It's crazy. I'm actually. I'm just. I, honestly, I'm looking at his numbers right now, and it's frightening. It's frightening. Um, <laughs> I need to see him with a full season under his, under his belt because it could be a bit of an anomaly, but it's frightening right now. Final team I'm going to mention as favourites because they're going to get forgotten, but I think we have to call them one of the favourites because they were super leader in the clausura. They got to the final. Toluca. They've lost Leo Lopez, as you mentioned earlier. They've lost Fernando Uribe out front. But apart from that, uh, Sambuesa is still there Barrientos is still there the defence is still solid Talavera in goal Antonio Rios who I think is an excellent defence midfielder who doesn't get talked about much and they were so good last season can they carry on? It's so much experience there proven Liga Mekis players or do you think it might be they might be getting on a bit too old you know some of these guys they, I think so I mean look Toluca, I'm not a big fan of watching them, honestly, and I know it's different. <laughs> Probably over here it's that you know, it's the Sunday games. No, the Sunday games yeah, are never exciting. At like twelve it's, PM. It's midday, it's like <laughs> it's too hot to play football, right? <laughs> well it's just you'd rather go see, you know, a Leon game like at seven or a Tigres game at nine than like twelve PM on a Sunday, you know. But I'm not, you know, I, I respect what the Luca has done. I feel that I really did underestimate them, you know, regardless of the quality of players they do have this past season. So I was like, oh, you know, the Luca's really, but I just can't watch them. I, I feel like it sounds so bad of me to say. It's just, oh my God, the Luca. And then I think there was like the second, the second like final, it just wasn't like, oh my God, like this is a final. Like I didn't get that vibe. I don't know if you did, but I didn't. 
probably because it was Toluca. <laughs> I feel like I'm going against them. But, I mean, I respect what they've done. Um, do I see them as a top team again? Yes. Do I see them uh, qualify for the year? Yes. Um, but I think that's it. <laughs> They're great for my time zones. That's the best thing about them. So, <laughs> games may not be that exciting, but they're on at 6 p.m. It's at what, 6 p.m.? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Just I mean, better. yeah, I mean, I see them up there, definitely. Um, yeah. But... I just don't. I think that it's only been one season since I've watched Liga Mekis that they haven't made Ligia. Good one. I think that's well, true. Well, you don't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't miss anything if they don't make Ligia. No offense to Ataluka fans out there. I don't think I know Ataluka fan, now that I think about it. Uh, there are a couple on, on Twitter. Um, in terms of next season, yeah, the big thing is can they replace Fernando Uribe? Exciting one for Mexico fans is if Alexi Vega starts to get uh, more minutes. He was tr he was trusted with a lot of minutes before he got injured, then he was out for a while. Now with Fernando Uribe departing, he's got an opportunity to cement himself in that first team spot and uh, he's been promising so far. So he's, he's definitely one to keep an eye out on. A few more things to talk about. Uh, let's do, the uh, for me, the, the most interesting team over the summer. I think it's been quite a quiet transfer window so far, but Cruz Azul have been very, very active with oh, yes. uh, with Peleas bringing a revolution really uh, to the team. They've brought in two new centre-backs in Pablo Aguilar and Igor Lichnovsky. They've brought in uh, obviously Elias Hernandez from Leon, who we spoke about earlier. Young Roberto Alvarado from Necaxa, Milton Caraglio from Atlas, uh, even Marcone from Lanús, uh, an Argentine holding midfielder, and Andres Renteria, who we know from his time at Santos and um, Queretaro as well. Massive I... summer of change. Do you trust that they can have a successful season? You know what? I is the curse am going to say um, La Era Pelaez. Um, I can see them at least making La Liguilla, which it w I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to think of it. Um, it would probably no, be a it's, small... it's been pretty rare for them recently. <laughs> exactly. So I think Rosalind fans should be at least, you know, looking up to, you know, mini goals, you know, at least getting to La Liguilla and then we'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely they've been stacking up on players. And you know what? I think this is what Cruces would need it. They need it. They needed, you know, because they would just switch all these coaches and nothing was changed. They kept bringing the mediocre, I'm sorry, mediocre players that, you know, just because they were a top scorer in this team and they come to Liga Mekis and it's kind of like you paid this player this amount of money and he's not giving you anything. So what Pelaez did is just work with the Liga Mekis base that he already has, you know, with a few exceptions. But, you know, like you said, uh, Caraglio... Paulo Aguilar, you know, Elias, you know, he's working off the Liga Mekis already established players. So, you know, and even, you know, I think he just thought about it really well. I mean, bringing Elias and then, like you mentioned, Roberto Alvarado, I think that's going to be a really good connection to keep an eye on um, because, you know, Roberto Alvarado, he's 19, he's a youngster, but he's been pretty promising. So I'm really excited what is yet to come of him and Elias, especially working together. I'm pretty stoked about it. The the consistent mediocrity of Cruz Azul is, is quite incredible. It, it really amazes yes. me because <laughs> this is really insulting to Cruz Azul fans now. Uh, it is, but it's kind it's, of true. It's, a, it's amazing because it. A, you've got Liga Mekis is the league that changes so much every week. You know, mm -hmm. teams are constantly going through up and down changes. It's very hard to be consistent, yet they are consistent. Every season they bring in five or six new players. They're constantly changing their manager. With so much changing and in a, this league, it's like the, the only way, clearly the only way to be consistent in Liga Mekis, the league that always changes, is to always change. It's like some yeah. sort of reverse psychology there. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love what they've done. I think that after consistent years of bringing in big names from abroad that haven't worked, um, going for the the tried and tested, if you'd like, the the guys who've done it before in Liga Mekis is, is a safe bet. And some yeah. of the players they've brought in are 
superb. I, I particularly like the two guys from Lekaxa. I think Igor Lichnovsky was perhaps the best centre-back in Liga Mekis last season, and he's still young. And Alvarado, who you mentioned, uh, people who follow me will know that I was raving about him every week, pretty much. I was putting up, here was his performance, because every week he was he just went on this this run of, of man of the match performances every week. He was scoring goals, creating opportunities, um, excellent dribbler, creative player. We'll learn a lot from Elias Hernandez, uh, like you say. So those two uh, are the standout names for me um, for for the Crucial Summer. And I really, really believe that this team is going to do well. And I think even, let's say, for example, you know, because I really think they'll, they'll make the La Liguilla and then the rest will talk when we're there. But let's just say, for example, they don't make it to La Liguilla for whatever reason. I don't think everybody should be, you know, being beating up on them because I think it's a start. You know, the idea is there. They're working more with the Mexican players that are already established, you know. So I think they, they did spend wisely. Um, so for if anything, for any magical, you know, reason they don't make La Liga, I don't think we should just beat on them. I think it's a great start for, you know, a new era in Cruz Azul and it's just going to go forward from there. But I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I have one of my uncles, he's a Cruz Azul fan and I would always question it. I'm, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're a fan season for, you know, every season because you suffer so much, but I think it's looking, you know, it's looking bright, don't you think? I do. I trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. I yeah. think, yeah, they need to establish that. Hashtag Cruz Azul trusting the process yeah. for once in their life, probably. So we've spoken about some of the favorites, um, some of the teams that have been active in the transfer window. What about your, your dark horse? Your, any, any dark horses you have that you think uh, could sneak into into the playoffs and make a surprise run, maybe get to the semi-finals, if not further? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go back to everybody thinking that Leon will probably be a dark horse, and I'm going to laugh when that happens. Um, I think Querétaro will probably would be a good dark horse. Um, I do think they have really exciting things. Um I think they've always done pretty consistent. They just, something always happens that it just fails. Um, so I think, you know, that would be one of my dark horses. So they've made probably the most interesting move in, in the summer was uh, the coaching change. They've brought in the, the former actor, uh, Rafa Puente from, yes. from Lobos, who impressed most of us. You know, he got Lobos into Liga Mekis. He had a great start. Things fell away for him. But... A lot, a lot of people were pretty impressed with what he did, and I think Kedetoro, um they, they beat a lot of competition to bring him in. I know that there was rumours of him going to Leon as well, so you know, Kedetoro yeah. have, done, have done well to, to bring him in as coach, and uh, he, had, he had a very distinctive style in, at Lobos, um, with playing with three at the back and with incredibly attacking wing-backs. He was very, very forward-thinking, attack-minded, and I think Queretaro could yeah. do that because could do with someone like that because the last couple of seasons, I'll be honest, watching Queretaro has been very, <laughs> very, very boring. Uh, they, I feel very, they're an exciting team under Vucetich, and it, you know guys like obviously Ronaldinho and and. Um, Obelin and uh, Danielino, I like like watching him as well. They all left, and they have been they've been pretty dull. But they've still got class in the team. I mean, Volpi is arguably the best keeper in Liga Mekis, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's just amazing. Um, he's just a big man. I remember Guerrero um, came here to Dallas, and uh, we went to uh, watch a training, and he flies like he is one of the best and you know Querétaro got Novarretti from León so it's definitely a good addition um, to yeah. Querétaro and they have this youngster I don't know if you've seen him Paolo Yasarir um, he's a youngster he's been playing for I think Soup 20 with Mexico um, he's been subbing in this past I think season but Wait, say, I mean, say the name say the name Paolo Yasir uh, I had like, no, yeah no I know I know who he is I had no idea how to pronounce this surname <laughs> 
I've had trouble because I've been calling him like Reza in my head. Reza, yes, Yasir, I think something, something like that. Yasir. Okay. Yeah, he he answered me. I think I was like, I think I tweeted during one of his games, and because he subbed in, and I was like, oh. Um, But I do think he, you know, I don't know. Like you said, if you have a good coach, I think it's gonna. I can see them making, you know, you, you can never underestimate any team in Liga Mekis. You really can't, you know. Of course. It's kind of like, of course. you just never know. You know, I think Liga Mekis just proves um, that consistently. But, um, who, wait, who's your dark horse then? I'm just going to mention on, on Kretra, another young player I like is uh, Jordi Cortisa, who got some, some game time last season. He's 22, so he's not very, very young, but he, he's emerging and... Uh, he's also a guy who liked one of my tweets, so there we go. Oh. <laughs> Young Canestro players, they love Liga Mekis English, apparently. They sure do. <laughs> um, wait, we haven't talked about Chivas. We haven't talked about Chivas. Uh, what about them? <laughs> that sounds so dark for me to say. What about Chivas? What, what about we, what, Chivas? What, what do you want to what talk about Chivas? Say? <laughs> Oh, Chivas. What do you think? I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with Chivas. And I'm, just, I'm just really, really angry that uh, Jose Cardoso <laughs> is managing in Liga Mekis again, to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, the, this... Oh, he was... Okay, he was all right at Toluca. He was all right at Toluca. Then his... The jobs he did at Chiapas, Puebla and Veracruz were just horrific. Well, they're really horrible. Like... <laughs> Like every team was like one win in ten, and I'm I'm making it. Look at me, I'm making up stats now. Um, he, oh, the, the, just watching them was so bad. And the the big thing that I'll always say, because guys have followed me for ages, you'll know how much I loved Chiap. I loved Chiapas. I uh, loved them under La Volpe. Loved the way they played. Loved them under Bueno. Loved the way they played. In between them, Cardoso managed to turn them into the dullest team in the world. <laughs> how he he was how in the middle of this sandwich of of just beautiful not always effective but attractive football and yeah. in the middle was yeah awful so i'm fearing that they're just going to be terrible to watch um my hope is that godinho turns out to actually be better than a lot of people expect uh yeah. that Polito kicks on and um you know, grabs that third striking spot in the Mexico squad because I think he's ready to take it uh, now that Peralta's retired. And um, mainly Choffis. I love Choffis. I think he is more than ready to step up, be the main man with Pizarro gone now. He should be the first name on the team sheet every single game for Chivas. They should build around him, have faith in him, play him where he wants to play, play him where he's best. He's by far the well. I, like, I mean, I like Polito a lot as well, but he, he, he's he's the man who's going to make things work for them. He's the, he's the creator. So I don't think all hope is lost, but I'm worried about Cardoso. You know, and I think the problem is just Liga. You know, Liga makes you to keep recycling all these you know coaches. Like if there's no other coaches in the world, you know, and people are, are like, well, you know, we got we have to keep you know the Mexican coaches, but it's kind of like. You can't recycle them that to a point where it's kind of like, why? You know, I think like you said, with Carvalho and his era with these teams, it's kind of just proven not to be. So I'm pretty, I guess, amazed that Chivas got him. Maybe because nobody really wanted to step up to the plate. From you know, or, or could happened. they not afford anyone else? I mean. <laughs> Or that too, you know, yeah. like kind of maybe we're begging someone to like, come but, on, please. But, why, but it, you know, is there not a guy from in-house, someone who's been doing the youth team perhaps, that can come up and, and at least, you know, is within what, at least, you know, maybe he understands what Almeida was trying to do and is, is um, yeah. knows the process. Uh, I think it's tough though for them I mean you even saw what when Pumas you know the Loto Tecnico he stepped up and only now he's um but still I don't know yeah yeah but on on the topic of coaches actually there is some some hope I mean we all we all moan about the recycled coaches but there is some hope this season we've we've got 
um, six of the league's coaches are younger than um, Oscar Perez. Fun fact. <laughs> this is a fun fact. Yeah. Don't, don't hit on my, my man, Oscar Conejo Perez. I'm always rooting for him every, every time I see a mistaken. Everyone and, uh, is always rooting for him in the world. I'm always, I'm always like, hashtag Conejo Perez, like to you know world cup 2022 i don't care he'll be you know super old but that man he has elasticity in his legs that i've never seen before but yeah we've got uh, as well as rafa puente who i mentioned earlier is 39 uh you've got uh gerardo espinosa who is the atlas coach he's 36 and um a guy called marcelo michel leano who uh, has managed in the Ascenso, who's been given the job at Necaxa, and he's only 31. So there is oh, yeah. some youth coming into um, Liga Mekis on the coaching side. Whether or not they do well definitely remains to be seen. Um, we obviously had Jimmy Lozano coming in at Caretaro last season, and he was an absolute disaster. So yeah. we'll see how these guys do, but uh, at least some clubs are taking a risk and, and bringing in someone younger someone new but you know i think Lobos did take a huge risk um just rafa puente like by i think they definitely broke the process and you know the whole backstory behind it is just like what did you do you know yeah but you know it's kind of like really and then yeah it's a mess i feel like sometimes the the situation behind the teams are kind of like soap opera style like you can already expect what's coming but yeah, I mean, but going back to Chivas, um, like I'm, you know, I'm just worried about them in La Liga, and then they still have the Club World Cup later in December. It's kind of like, how are you gonna, like, what's gonna happen there? Are we gonna get a new coach by then? Because honestly, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know if I can see him until December. Also, I really don't. I feel like maybe six go, six games go in and. Because yeah, that's just what Liga Mekis has us accustomed to. Like, someone's not doing good, X amount of games, bye. You know, so I guess that's what I'm just worried about, what's going to happen with Clo uh, the El Mundialito coming around in December, and, you know, wh where is Chivas at at that point? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make it. Um, there, <laughs> there doesn't appear to be much of a process there at the moment. I mean, they've even... They've even loaned out. You talked about the the young players they've got. They've loaned out most of them. You know, like wow. Ronaldo Cisneros has gone out on loan. Mayorga's gone out on loan. Um, I think the only guys that are actually going to be a part of the first team squad next season in terms of the young players, it looks like Alan Cervantes, um, mm -hmm. who is apparently a promising midfield player. Uh, I've heard good things about him and and Godinez, who you mentioned before, but. I think I think it's it's kind of a let's sort of work out where we are kind of season. Um, yeah, well, uh, it's it's on Torres, I think too. I uh, I'm not sure where he is. He's I I think yeah I think he is in the squad. I think he is in the squad. So yeah, he might get some games as well. But oh, Club you know, World uh, Cup, you know what? Liga Mekis teams always do terribly, right? <laughs> <laughs> they do, but you know I think Pachuca almost had it. But that game was just not... They just fell apart. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like there is going to be a relegation spot, at least at the moment. Uh, the rule has returned to the Tabla de Cociente. And if the team that wins the Ascenso are eligible, uh, a team from Liga Mekis will go down. At the moment, you've got Lobos and Veracruz both below one point a game. And uh, Queretaro and Puebla not too far ahead. Who do you think favourites to go down if someone does? Probably Veracruz. Is that because you just like to see them go down? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cruel, Tom. Yeah, maybe. I feel like you just... Come on, Veracruz is the team like... everyone loves to hate, right? <laughs> I just don't... I don't get excited watching them. I mean... They're the ugly face know. of Liga Mekis. There's I mean, always keep, problems. There's always, you know. I'd rather keep Lobos with their really cool mascot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> have you seen it? It's so yeah, scary. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> but, I mean, I think Veracruz. I don't know what you think. I, 
I think Veracruz as well. Yeah. Um, Do you hate them though? <laughs> no, I, d I don't. I don't. I know. I don't like. Obviously, they've got people who support them just like me and um, just love football. I, I think their owners are very poor, but I don't hate the club itself. I just think they've got a bad set of owners right now. And the, the yeah. sort of owners we don't want in, in Liga Mekis, really. But hey. Um, yes. Right, just before we wrap up, tell me one thing to watch out for this season. One thing to watch out for. Um, can be a player, can be some anything. Um, I think I'm going to go back to Walter from Leon. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, Walter um, Gonzalez. Yeah, that's my name. That's my. You know, key for I guess we gotta make it. Just keep an eye on him, youngster, twenty-three. Um, well, he'll definitely be on the the top score um, goal. So he might be next to Boselli, <laughs> but he'll be up there. So just keep an eye on him. That's my my one point. What about yours? Uh, I think Ricky Alvarez, um, the Argentine, is joining Atlas. Uh, ex Inter Milan, creative midfielder. If he gets a chance to play. In the same team as Clifford Abwagi, I think they could do a lot, and um, I'm, I'm interested to see them. Atlas, uh, are, I would say, are my dark horse. I think they've recruited well, including an ex-Leon player, Rufle Andrade, who I like a lot. So, I know I was pretty. Keep upset, an eye on Alvarez and Atlas. Definitely. Definitely, I hope Atlas does good this season. I feel like they always are kind of uh, there because they have a really good base of youth, but. Kind of struggle. There's a few there. young players I like. I like there to, to look at. Definitely, um, Ortega is is the one I definitely say to keep an eye on. All right, uh, that is it for this episode. This preview of Liga Mekis. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. Um, thank you very very much for joining me today, Karina. And where can people find you on Twitter if they don't follow you already? It's an honor to be in this podcast with you talking about pre-Liga Mekis and you can follow me at Torres underscore seven if you don't already follow me. Everything that I post is about football. So, yes. There you go. go ahead Why not? Uh, you can follow me at TomH underscore 36 if you don't already and you can follow at The Colourful Kit who kindly hosts this podcast for me. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening once again. And I'll catch you all on another episode. <laughs>